The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the hyphen winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the Stanford Cardinal cast of legendary coaches. Stanford football is known for a myriad of incredible moments, many epic games, and for producing a multitude of gridiron greats. But when it comes to being recognized by the parade of coaches that have passed through Stanford, well, this program may not get the recognition it deserves. See, the Stanford Cardinal football program is jam-packed with iconic coaches, names that serve as the cornerstone for the sport we love. There can only be a few schools that rest on the Mount Rushmore of coaches, and in every analytic applied, Stanford should be one of them. Here are just a few of the names. Walter Camp, Fielding Yost, Pop Warner, Clark Shaughnessy, John Ralston, Bill Walsh, Dennis Green, Tyrone Willingham, Jim Harbour, David Shaw, and there are more. Let us discuss these men, but before we do, I openly apologize, as I may throw around the word legend as if it was just another word. It is not just another word. Rather, it should only be used for coaches thusly revered as legends. And the point is to notice how many coaching legends were at Stanford. We will discuss their legacy, both at Stanford and at the programs they coached outside of Stanford. We will cover these men in chronological order. Walter Camp. Walter Camp coached at Stanford in 1892 and then again from 1894 to 1895. He posted an 11-3-3 record at Stanford, winning 73.5% of his games. Now, prior to arriving at Stanford, Walter Camp was already a legend where he carved much of his coaching legacy at the Yale Bulldog football program from 1888 to 1892, winning three national championships in five years, posting three undefeated, untied, unscored-upon seasons in five years, and a 68-2 record. In 70 games, his defenses posted 66 shutouts. In the other four games, the defenses allowed a mere 43 points. That is 43 points allowed by his defenses during his coaching tenure of five seasons. Camp's 1888 Yale Bulldog team is regarded as one of the greatest teams of all time. They went 13-0. The average win was by a score of 54 to nothing. The Bulldogs shut out every opponent they faced and scored over 60 points six times. They beat Wesley in 105 to nothing, and the closest game was a 10 to nothing shutout of Princeton. Walter Camp is more than just a coaching legend. He is called the father of American football, introducing us to the line of scrimmage, and the use of downs and other innovations. Fielding Yost. Fielding Yost coached at Stanford for one season in 1900, and he posted a 7-2-1 record, winning 75% of his games. The very next season, Fielding Yost left Stanford and went off to Ann Arbor to coach the Michigan Wolverines. In Coach Yost's first season, 
Yost led the Wolverines to an undefeated, untied, unscored-upon season. They went 11-0. Coach Yost's 1901 Michigan team was a team for the ages, recognized as one of the greatest teams of all time. The 1901 team outscored opponents 550 to nothing, won by an average score of 50 to nothing, led the nation in both scoring and scoring defense. The Wolverines shut out every opponent. They beat Albion 50 to nothing, Case 57 to nothing, Buffalo 128 to nothing, Beloit 89 to nothing, Iowa 50 to nothing, and in the Rose Bowl, they destroyed Stanford, his old school, 49 to nothing, a beating so thorough that the Tournament of Roses canceled the Rose Bowl until 1915 because they felt Western schools could not keep up. The closest game for the 1901 Wolverines was a 21 to nothing shutout of Ohio State. In Yost's second season, the Wolverines also went undefeated, but two teams did score against the Wolverines, each tallying six points. The 1902 team scored over 80 points four times, over 100 points twice. Yost's teams did not lose until the final game of the fifth season, a 2 to nothing loss to Chicago on the final day of the season. In all, at Ann Arbor, from 1901 to 1905, Yost carved out a dynasty for the ages, posting a record of 55 wins, one loss, one tie, 50 shutouts, four national championships, and outscored opponents 2,821 to 42. Building Yost's legacy at Michigan was this. He coached from 1901 to 1923, and then again from 1925 to 1926, posting 165 wins, 29 losses, 10 ties, winning over 83% of his games. Fielding Yost, who was a son of a Confederate soldier, had taken over a strong Michigan program, but then turned it into arguably the greatest powerhouse college football has ever witnessed before or possibly even since. At the turn of the century, in the early 1900s, the Wolverines were dominant, fundamentally due to the innovations of Coach Yost. On offense, he instituted the man-in-motion ploy so the opposing defender would follow a decoy, and on defense, he is credited with creating the linebacker positions. In 23 seasons, Coach Yost's team posted 22 winning seasons, six national championships, eight undefeated seasons, and posted 113 shutouts. Glenn Scobie Pop Warner. Pop Warner coached at Stanford from 1924 to 1932, posting a 71-win, 17-loss, a tie record, winning over 78% of his games. Coach Pop Warner came to Stanford after he had already carved out his legacy at Georgia, Cornell, Carlisle, and Pittsburgh. Near the end of his coaching career, Pop Warner carried his innovations that had modernized football to Stanford. And at Stanford, his single-wing offense took opposing defenses by storm. In his first five seasons as head coach of the Stanford Cardinal, Coach Warner's teams won a combined 48-3. and His 1926 team won the national championship, going 10-0-1. Then, in 1929, Warner deployed the hook and lateral, a play that involves a receiver who runs a curl pattern, catches a short pass, and immediately laterals the ball back to the trailing receiver. The next three seasons, Coach Warner's teams posted a 25-5-3 record. And his defenses at Stanford, Coach Warner's defenses shut out 38 of the 97 teams they faced. Top Warner's 1926 Stanford team, the national championship team with that 10-0-1 record, ran the table in the regular season and went 10-0. The defense shut out the first three teams on the schedule and, uh, and never allowed more than 14 points all season. In the Rose Bowl, the Cardinals faced a Wallace Wade-led Alabama team where they battled to a 7-7 tie. 
Over his 42-year coaching tenure, Pop Warner also coached at Cornell, Carlisle, Pittsburgh, and Temple. And all in all, he posted 311 wins, 103 losses, and 32 ties. And a winning percentage over 73%. Four national championships, producing 20 All-Americans like Jim Thorpe, Tom Davies, and Ernie Nevers, to name a few. He gave us the single wing, double wing, three-point stance. There is a reason why Pop Warner football is called a Pop Warner football. The Pop Warner Youth Group was named after him the night he spoke to 800 youths in Philadelphia. Pop Warner was so inspirational in talking to the youths. By the end of the evening, the youth group took his name. Clark Shaughnessy. Clark Shaughnessy coached the Stanford Cardinals for two seasons from 1940 to 1941 and posted a 16-3 record and won over 84% of his games. The year before Stanford hired Clark Shaughnessy, the Indians, now called the Cardinal, were 1-7-1 and in one of the most remarkable turnarounds in the history of college football in his first season as head coach of the Stanford Cardinal, Coach Shaughnessy's version of the Indians went 10-0, never yielding more than 14 points in any game all season. They earned a trip to the Rose Bowl, where they defeated Nebraska and won the national championship. The next season, Shaughnessy's last at Stanford, he led the team to a 6-3 record. Now, prior to his arrival at Stanford, Clark Shaughnessy coached at Tulane for 11 seasons and then at Loyola in L.A. for six seasons. As coach of the Tulane Green Wave from 1915 to 1920 and then again from 1922 to 1926, Shaughnessy posted a 59-28-7 record, winning 66.5% of his games. Shaughnessy would go on to coach at Pittsburgh, Maryland, and then in the NFL with the Los Angeles Rams. During his 31-year college football coaching tenure, Shaughnessy modernized the T formation, the forward pass, and ended his coaching career with 154 wins. John Ralston. John Ralston coached at Stanford from 1963 to 1971. He posted a 55-36-3 record, winning over 60% of his games. In his first season as head coach at Stanford, his team posted a losing record, 3-7. But after that first season, in his next eight seasons, Coach Ralston's Cardinal never again posted a losing record and won back-to-back Rose Bowls in 1971 and 72. The 1971 Rose Bowl featured Ralston's number 12 Stanford team, 8-3, as a 13-point underdog to a number two Ohio State team, 9-0. In a surprisingly hard-fought game in front of over 103,000 fans, the Cardinals came back from a 17-13 fourth-quarter deficit as Jim Plunkett would go on to win Rose Bowl MVP honors leading the team to 14 unanswered points to secure the stunning upset. Stanford 27, Ohio State 17. The 1972 Rose Bowl featured Ralston's number 16 Stanford team, 8-3, against a team that was also undefeated, number four Michigan, 11-0, a team that had led the nation in scoring defense, five points per game. The Wolverines rushed 74 times that day, led 10-3 in the fourth quarter, but Stanford rallied back to win the game on a 31-yard field goal with 12 seconds left to play. Stanford 13, Michigan 12. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh coached at Stanford from 1977 to 1978, and then he took a break to coach in the NFL, and he returned to Stanford to coach again from 1992 to 1994. At Stanford, his record was 34-24-1, winning over 58% of his games. In the NFL, well, that's another thing entirely. Bill Walsh is widely regarded as one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL and perhaps had the greatest football mind to ever walk the sideline. 
he coached the San Francisco 49ers to three Super Bowl wins in the 80s and then left the keys for a fourth Super Bowl winner. Walsh was the mastermind of the West Coast offense. This innovative passing attack was devastating. It was revered, and then it was copied, and then it became legendary. Back in the 1960s, after joining the staff under Paul Brown for the newly formed Cincinnati Bengals, Bill Walsh developed the West Coast offense out of need. See, Cincinnati's new quarterback, Virgil Carter, was known for great movement and accuracy, but was unable to throw the deep pass due to an injury. Walsh altered the vertical passing game, scheming shorter horizontal passes that relied on quick, short throws, often spreading the defense across the entire field. It was an immediate success as Virgil Carter led the league in, in pass completion percentage. The end result of this innovation, that West Coast offense, like I said, three Super Bowl wins and a legacy of being the ultimate offensive mind. Oh, yes. And there's one more thing. The coaching tree Bill Walsh left behind Sam Weish, Dick LeBeau, George Seifert, Jeff Fisher, Dennis Green, Brian Billick, Tony Dungy, Mike Holgren, Steve Mariucci, John Gruden, Andy Reid, Ray Rhodes, Sean Payton, John Harbour, and that's just a few. Dennis Green. Dennis Green coached the Cardinals and posting a 16 and 18 record. He left to go on to the NFL, where he became a pioneer, the second African-American head coach in NFL history. Green coached the Minnesota Vikings from 1992 to 2001. And when he was done, Green was one of the winningest coaches in the 1990s, posting 67 wins. In 1998, Dennis Green's Minnesota Vikings set an NFL record for most points scored in a season. Tyrone Willingham. Tyrone Willingham coached the Stanford Cardinal for seven seasons from 1995 to 2001, posting 44 wins, 36 losses, and one tie, winning 55% of his games. In the big game against rival Cal, Willingham was undefeated 7-0. In 2000, he was awarded the prestigious Eddie Robertson Coach of Distinction Award, given each year to the outstanding college football coach and role model for a career. Tyrone Willingham went on to coach at both Notre Dame and University of Washington. Jim Harbour. Jim Harbour coached at Stanford from 2007 to 2010, posted a 29 and 21 record, winning 58% of his games. In 2007, Harbour had led the Cardinal to a stunning upset over previously undefeated USC. Stanford had entered the game one and three. USC entered the game number two in the nation, four and oh, riding a five game winning streak to Stanford a 24-game home Pac-10 winning streak, a 35-game home winning streak, and would go on to finish number three in the final AP poll. Final score, Stanford 24, USC 23. In 2010, Jim Harbour led Stanford to a 12-1 record, number four ranking in the final AP poll. Jim Harbour went on to coach at the NFL level with great success with the San Francisco 49ers and then returned to the college football world where he's currently a coach at Michigan. Dennis Shaw. Let us not forget the current Cardinal coach, Dennis Shaw. Dennis Shaw coached the Cardinal from 2011 to 2021, posting 94 wins and in doing so winning over 67% of his games. Dennis Shaw is the winningest coach in Stanford history with those 94 wins. His 2015 Stanford Cardinal finished number three in the final AP poll. Oh, and we remember we said there were more coaches. Let us not forget James F. Lanigan. James Lanigan coached the Cardinal from 1903 to 1905, posting a 23-2-4 record, winning over 86% of his games, which, by the way, is a better winning percentage at Stanford than every one of these legendary coaches. 
in his three seasons. Coach Lanigan's posted two undefeated seasons, one undefeated untied season, shut out 23 of the 29 teams they faced, and put together a 13-game winning streak and a 14-game winning streak. Coach Lanigan's 1905 team won 8-0, undefeated, untied, shutting out five of the eight teams they faced. Now, these coaches were all a part of the Stanford Cardinal football legacy, and the Stanford Cardinal football legacy, since its first season in 1891, is about as rich as it can get, producing the 1936 Rose Bowl, where Stanford defeated an undefeated SMU team. And certainly no one can forget 1982, when the most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rendering, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football occurred in the big game against their rival Cal. It all started when Kevin Moan returned to kickoff, and then five laterals later, the play ended with Kevin Moan running into the end zone and straight into Gary Tyrell's trombone. The program fielded two national championships and produced such gridiron greats as quarterback Jim Plunkett, fullback Ernie Nevers, and running back Christian McCafferty. The program is home to the big game against Cal, a rivalry to end all rivalries. This program is historic, jam-packed with many iconic, epic games and gridiron greats. There is no denying that. But when it comes to the recognition of the legacy of coaches that paraded through Stanford, the Cardinal may not get the recognition it deserves. The collection of coaches the Cardinals boast impacted football, both college and pro, with their winning and their innovative ways as no program could ever hope to aspire to. Men who between them won 14 national championships, three Super Bowls, and who introduced the world of football, the line of scrimmage, use of downs, man in motion, linebacker position, hook and lateral, single wing, double wing, three-point stance, T-formation, forward pass, West Coast offense, and helped to integrate the NFL administrations. Names like Walter Camp, Fielding, Yost, Pop, Warner, Clark Shaughnessy, and Bill Walsh are the cornerstone of coaching excellence, and other legendary coaches paraded their ways through in their own legendary ways. As I said initially, the Stanford Cardinals may not get the recognition it deserves for their coaching legacy. How is that possible? Thank you for listening to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode. 